0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to Barely a Podcast on Black Monday as both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been released from their services within the Chicago Bears. I'm here with Jeff Berkus. Jeff, initial reactions. How you feeling? Well, I'm feeling good. This is what needed to happen
0: last year. It has finally happened. Uh, George McCaskey comes through with the right decision. I understand he let his personal emotions probably get uh, in involved and in the way last year, and he wanted to keep these guys because he likes them. Uh, I think we all predicted that this was the likely outcome by keeping those guys, is that you're going to see some mistakes made uh, in salary cap and the draft to try to push into this year to try to get wins. Uh, it really fell apart at the seams. I'm not surprised about Nagy leaving. I'm mildly surprised, but very pleased that Ryan Pace will be leaving. These guys will land on their feet. They'll they'll be employed. They're young. They'll they'll get other jobs. Um, but they weren't right for the Bears. Yeah, you pretty much
1: nailed it on the head for exactly how I'm feeling. Where the funny part about the Nagy release is that I have. I have no emotions about that. I mean, if it wasn't a sure thing after like part of the losing skid to start the season, it was very sure after the loss to Baltimore, and then it was even surer after the Vikings' loss, and then even surer after the Vikings' <laughs> loss part two. So there was there was a lot of moments where I feel like everybody was very, it was very clear to everybody that Matt Nagy was going to be released. Pace though. There was a lot of buzz recently about him staying. So like you, I'm very excited to see him go. Look, it's not that I hate the guy. I don't have a personal problem with him. To be honest with you, Jeff, I think it's as simple as talking about situation. Ryan Pace was going to be an eighth-year GM should he have been retained with a new head coach that would have I'm been trying to win as soon as possible, I guess. Like I don't know if it would have been win now, because new head coach and all that jazz, but I don't understand how the Bears would have retooled the roster with patience and a long-term vision, which they probably could use right now with an eighth-year GM on his now third head coach looking for better results. In this case... It'd be great if the new GM is, quote-unquote, even better than Pace. But can I be honest with you? Even a side grade is good because at least that GM gets to come in with fresh eyes and plenty of time to make the right decisions instead of trying to make sure that one Robert Quinn signing is going to turn the defense around. You know what I mean? It also makes the job more attractive for the potential head coach
0: candidates because if you're a potential head coach and you're interviewing around the league, And you come into a situation where you have a tenuous general manager in place, he likes you, he hires you, but he's out after one year, they hire a new general manager, that guy's going to want his own head coach. And so if you're a high quality head coach candidate, you want to come in with a new general manager or a general manager that has a rope that's long into the future you be tied to that person for five six years great but you don't want to come into a situation that could turn sour in a year so it's it's good to clean house like this or you'd have to recommit to pace and he certainly hadn't earned
1: that no i don't think so at the very least and the the toughest part about gm we've had this conversation about Emery, we've had this conversation about pace is that the unfortunate truth is The Bears get to keep his roster, so if you do like Justin Fields, if you do like Tevin Jenkins, if you do like Thomas Graham, name any other bear on the roster that's part of the long-term vision. Well, they're still there. So now a new head coach and GM gets to take those pieces and move forward. And like you're talking about, I think that the head coaching angle of this matters a lot. I mean, there are a lot of these head coaches, especially nowadays, that I think are looking for, let's call it a little more roster control than we were used to in 2010. And so whether whether you're excited about Jim Harbaugh, Right. Who I definitely think is going to want a very what I say goes role in any organization or even if you're looking at somebody like, I don't know, Brian Dabble or Josh McDaniels or another coordinator hire. I think all of them want to have a GM that they know and would work with instead of working with the guy that hired John Fox and Matt Nagy. Look, it's just a feeling of mine. But in the world of networking and connections, I just tend to doubt that Ryan Pace is as well connected with coordinators as up and coming GMs might be, you know?
0: It's very possible a lot of times you hire a new general manager from a you know another organization and they pull a, a head coaching candidate from that organization because they're mm-hmm. familiar with them so you know if you were going to say you know the lions did this right they they pulled over uh, a new england uh, uh, front office guy and then hired matt patricia so it doesn't always work it's not always a right. good thing but there are a lot of examples of that happening where you, you pull a guy and then you hire a head coach that you have familiarity with and that's that's fairly common, and then there's the the approach of going out and just canvassing and, and having new relationships forged. Which there's nothing wrong with that either. I want to ask you, you know, what do you think the biggest downfall of the pace era was? What, because he had some skills and he had some good things that he did, but I have my answer. But what what do you think was the biggest downfall of what Ryan Pace brought to the table?
1: So. Everybody misses on draft picks and there's nothing. I I don't think that there's anything intrinsically wrong with aggression, if that makes sense. The the So, I, I could say, if I wanted to be lazy here, Jeff, oh, the Trubisky pick or something like that, but can I be really blunt with you? A lot of people act like Adam Shaheen is the reason that the roster failed, and that's ridiculous. People have second-round picks miss all the time. I mean, I think it's uh, Nicole Hardman in Kansas City was a total dud of a second-round pick, and they've been just fine over there. I think the problem is that once Trubisky didn't live up to the expectations that I think the team wanted him to in 2019. Even even as early as about halfway through 2019, Pace continued to build around him. Instead of at least surveying other options, yes, he traded for Nick Foles. You hated that deal, I liked that deal, but even that was a bit of a band-aid and bridge solution instead of potentially trying to find whether it's younger competition, what can you get for him in the trade market. I feel like Pace tried to load the roster up with single particular signings basically like a studs and duds roster with a few too many duds on it and we saw that especially take roost in 2021 where we started the season with duke shelley at corner we started the season with an alec ogletree that just got signed during training camp he took over starting duties because apparently danny trevathan was never going to live up to the job i mean there were, there were roster holes across the roster that they never got patched because there just wasn't enough resources for it. And I feel like Pace, the, the, it was the studs and duds mindset combined with the quarter. Or basically, I think it was once things started to fall apart, he didn't see it and fix it correctly, which things are going to fall apart on you. Stuff's going to happen. But I don't know. Where, where's your head at?
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point about the lack of mid-course correction. I think he came in, a lot of people want to say, well, look, this team had a bare cupboard when he came in. And that's true, but he comes in with the bare cupboard and a lot of resources, right? And so he comes in basically like with a trust fund, and it's like, okay, man, like, furnish this apartment. And he does, and you see some results with a defense that improves. That's usually the easier side of the ball to buy into and, and take care of. And then... He just kept spending. He kept spending his draft capital to trade up. He kept spending in free agency dollars and kind of, you know, splashing the pot here and there. Uh, you know, he, he he wasted money on the Mike Glennon contract. He wasted draft capital trading up for Trubisky when you had three quarterbacks that were available, uh, you know, at that number two spot. You could have just waited and you probably would have got the guy you wanted anyway, but you, you certainly would have got one of the other ones, which obviously would have been a better uh, player. He also signed Chase Daniel to a big backup contract. He trades for Nick Foles. He he signs Andy Dalton, although Dalton's giving you basically what Nick Foles is giving you. So he keeps chasing his tail. He got a little lucky that Fields dropped in the draft. Made the right uh, selection, and you know that's basically his parting gift out of Chicago. But there are just so many times where he made uh, you know inefficient moves and was basically betting against or uh, bidding against himself that. Eventually, keep, it catches up to you, right? You only have so much in your bank account. You spend everything in the bank account. You max out the credit cards, and you know you, you still have you know holes in the walls and the pipes are leaking, but you don't have any money to hire a plumber. You don't have any money to to, to hire a contractor to come in and, and and patch the holes. So, at the end of the day, he just he just spent through all the money, and now he's leaving a roster that has some interesting talent, some blue chip talent, some younger guys that he didn't do a, a you know he did a nice job of bringing in, but you know we're still cash strapped and and pick strapped here and so the next general manager is going to have a little bit of a challenge on their hands
1: right and i mean looking back it's funny look hindsight is 2020 20. it's not exactly analysis to point this out but more remind or like let's learn from history right i do wonder if part of it so look you play Any video game, Jeff, about football, and especially from the GM perspective. And the first question the quote-unquote owner asks you is, how are we going to do this season every single year, right? And maybe looking back, the real misstep was that in 2020, Pace, whether he talked himself into it or whether he or whether George wanted to believe it and Pace wanted to believe it for him, they tried to assemble a playoff team, and hey, it technically did go to the playoffs, but that would or the, that game and the way they got there in an 8-8 record notwithstanding, 2020 would have been a great year for – nobody tries to tank in the NFL, but a great year to ride it out, clean the contracts, and try again in in the 2020 or the 2020 draft next season maybe it was 2021 I guess it would have been 2021 but the point is that may have been the moment and then the Andy Dalton signing on top of that right where 2019 didn't go their way but they took a look look at the roster and they said this is a playoff roster with Nick Foles this is a playoff roster with Andy Dalton and I feel like We talk about course correction. Maybe it was trying to hang on to something that was already out of your fingers that really was the death knell. I mean, Nagy's stuff is nonwithstanding. I don't understand what happened to his offense. We've just talked about it on podcasts for a year. I think both of us have avoided the conversation about Matt Nagy, who most fans want us to talk about because we feel like it's said and done with, right? But Nagy's offense just seemed to unravel and unravel and unravel and got even worse in 2021. Somehow, But pace, I think it's honestly simpler. A lot of his signings, like Robert Quinn totally redeemed himself this year. That was one I think I was more excited about than you were, which isn't to compare notes. It's more that I thought he'd be a player a little more like this, and obviously he was injured a year before, but it really was, in my opinion... They signed Nick Foles or traded for him, so they spent pretty good money on him, and he didn't deliver. And for some reason, they then went out and signed a quarterback that was pretty much the same, telling themselves that we just don't like Nick, but Andy, Andy's the guy. And I feel like there was a little bit of talking themselves into something by the end of the Bears' tenure, and once you start doing that, you're just hoping and praying.
0: For the record, I did like the Robert Quinn sign. Oh, there's I'm sorry. There's a whole, sorry, there's a whole you, podcast where I said, I yes, Robert four, Quinn, I like the plan.
1: Um, I thought you were – weren't you
0: – he's a 4-3 four, four, defensive end. What's he doing? You had to talk me off the ledge with Nick Foles. Um, like, <laughs> and, hey, Jeff, it's not as bad as you think. And I'm like, all right, man, I won't kill right. it. But I want <laughs> to kill it. Let, let me just say with Nagy that – you know, you bring a guy in, he seems like a good leader. We're getting some other stuff that's filtering out. Th- these things happen when you have a bad season, but the stuff with Hakeem Hicks, you know, deserves some more investigation and and what happened there with him. He he did seem like he had some good leadership stuff. Maybe that's not as good as what we kind of interpret from the media. I think Nagy ran things like an idealist. He thought that if if it works on the chalkboard, it should work here. Um, I want to get everybody involved, so I don't care if it's my third-string tight end that's running this route. He's going to run it because I believe in him, and I think he's going to make the play. And that's just not real. Like you have to try to get your your stars involved. Um, he never really evolved in his offensive thinking. He never really improved, and I think that early success may have played into that. But he never really showed like he was doing good self-scouting. It never really showed like he was bringing in anything else from the rest of the league and and incorporating that into his offense. He was not matching his personnel and what they do well with what he was calling on the field. You know, great example this year, signing really fast, speedy wide receivers and running really static routes where you would run those with guys that can win with size like an AJ Brown or like what Brandon Marshall used to, you don't have that guy on the roster, right? You're not running the types of routes that your personnel um, would, would excel in in game management stuff, never improved. Um, Again, those are things that you can, you can excuse as a rookie coach, but they didn't improve things like pre-snap penalties on offense, never improved. They just kept getting bad. That's a reflection of coaching more than anything, you know, not getting the play call in on time. So, you know, you can be excited, you know, justifiably be excited about what he brought in that first year, but he still needed to improve as a head coach and as a play caller and all those things. And he didn't. And in a lot of ways, because as the league evolved and he didn't evolve, it made him left behind. Now, whether that was a victim of early success or just his inability to adapt in the head spot, I don't know. I think he'll probably be a fine quarterback coach. I don't think anybody will ever let him run an offense or at least not for a few years until he shows progress in that. Or maybe he goes to the college ranks and becomes a, a college head coach. But it's it just did not work. Sometimes that happens. Yep.
1: I mean, Absolutely. You hit all the nails on the head. I mean, gosh. It's I, I only like s- we've been preparing for this for a year. I know, right? But <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, I think this is a good step in the right direction for the Bears. If nothing else, Jeff, I legitimately find it hard to believe that they could come out with two new hires that were worse in, as a collaboration to <laughs> – fire that off one more time mm. right uh, so I'm fired up about the changes not uh-huh. to mention we've got some rumors here for the uh, about the about Ted Phillips potentially not being near as involved and the next GM reporting directly to George McCaskey it feels like change is in the air and with other rumors that we've heard about a pro football uh, or like a new football ops pre- uh, president being potentially hired as well as obviously new GM nuke. Head coach changes on the horizon. Look, nobody can say at this point, Jeff, that the Bears are going to be successful going forward. But I do like their process a lot more than the last time around. What do you think?
0: Yeah, we have a colleague that's kind of obsessed with Ted Phillips and getting Ted Phillips out. I don't think that I believe that Ted Phillips has the impact that a lot of people do. But the point is, is that he's taking up a spot in the room that should be filled by a football guy. Right, So you can have a guy that just deals with the money side of things and making sure that the McCaskies can pay their mortgages, but you need a guy in there that has that director of football operations type stuff or whatever you want to call it, and you need a general manager. The, The modern day, the job is just too big for one person to be able to carry. And so I want two guys filling both of those roles and then have them interview head coaching candidates and bring that in. We do not need to see the Bears go out and hire a head coach first. We need to see this play itself out with the right people. Let's take our time. Let's see what happens here. Not going to make any snap judgments about who should be brought in at whatever level. there's, There's a lot of guys that I can be excited about because you
1: could sell me on a lot of plans right now. Yep, 100%. I have to say that because you said it, and and I need to just jump in on that, Jeff. There's like four head coaches I can think of. Like I haven't done enough research on Brian Flores to really know, but obviously the turnaround we saw from one and seven to seven straight wins was let's say dramatic uh the I could I could get behind Jim Harbaugh hundred percent I mean four years of success in San Francisco visited a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith so different uh like different quarterback Styles both successful in terms of offense he obviously motivates his players well so on so forth yada 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 Harbaugh stuff right I I could be intrigued by the Josh McDaniel's possibility I mean a lot of success there in New England and and. Yeah, the Colts debacle, everything that comes with it, 100% there. The Denver stuff from back in like the early 2010s, ugly, right? But, I mean, you watch that offense with Mac Jones, with Tom Brady, with the other quarterbacks that they've put in it, it's really nice. I mean, there are a lot of different directions that as somebody who creates content, I could I could be excited about. Like just being di- direct, right? I don't think that there's one path to success. As the Colts found when they hired Josh McDaniels, he quit on them, then they hired Frank Reich, and I think they came out on the better end of it. That you know, yesterday notwithstanding. But uh all that all that to say, Jeff, that I'm i'm kind of with you that i'm not hooked on just one candidate to me what mattered was that they did things the right way i think that dismissing a gm that hasn't won a playoff game in seven years makes just too much sense not to like it it was going to be a sticky situation if they didn't though i know that they liked the guy and matt Nagy obviously got himself fired i mean there was really no question there so at this point i'm truly just excited to see what happens next any final thoughts from you
0: this is the first step they made the right first step George McCaskey and the board whoever made this final decision they made the right step we'll be with you the rest of the way and we'll talk about the ramifications of each step going forward but this is good this was the first good thing to come out of 2022 with the Bears
1: absolutely nice start to the new year thanks so much for listening this has been barely a podcast with Robert Schmitz and Jeff Burkus and we'll see you on the next one bear down